Hello everybody, Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today I'm here with recurring guest and my good friend, Mrs. Lara Jensen, who is the Chief Marketing Acquisitions Officer with Absolute Resolution Corporation and one of my fellow board members at RMAI. How are you doing today, Lara? Good, Adam. How are you? I'm just realizing that your intro is like a whole mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but for anyone who has not had the pleasure of getting to know you through the years at live events, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today? Sure. Happy to. Um, so I started out at uh, Collect America about 20 years ago. Um, they were um, then known as Square Two Financial, big national debt buyer. Uh, I actually started out managing some of the legal networks and legal performance. Um, after some time in that role, I eventually ended up doing uh, debt sales for Collect America, so resale, mm -hmm. which is kind of a relic of the past. And then about 12 years ago, I joined Absolute Resolutions and Acquisitions and have been here moving my way up since then. Got elected to the board of directors in 2020, right before COVID. So hopefully I remember that date. And uh, I've been on the board since then, too. Uh, well, you know, it has been an absolute pleasure having the opportunity to work with you on the RMAI board. Um, and that was kind of like, I think we were at a board event when we started talking about leadership in general. And you and I have had so many interesting conversations about leadership through the years that I thought it was a great topic for us to try and tackle on some level here uh, in a short period of time. Um, now, leadership means so many different things to different people, right? Um, and so we, we become leaders within our own organizations. We become leaders on a larger stage or on an industry-wide stage. Um, but what does that really mean? So like from your perspective in your seat, like what does leadership mean to you? It's a really good question. It's, it's hard, I think, to put into a short answer, but I will do my best. I think when I've seen the most leadership, um, either among my peers or when I was much more junior, uh, it was making sure that your teams and, and everyone around you felt heard mm -hmm. um, and that there was a there was teamwork. It wasn't one person leading the charge in terms of making all the decisions, not hearing anybody else and just being more bossy than a leader. Mm -hmm. So. I know that's, I could go on for a very long time on what I think leadership is, but I think at the end of the day, it's making sure people are, other people are heard um, and putting all of those ideas together in the best way possible to lead your organization or your, uh, you know, your nonprofit or your local school group, just forward it's about moving mm -hmm. forward. I, I agree with all of those things. For me, you know, leadership is about the navigation of an organization or an entity, right? It's about helping to establish the directional points or the vision of like where we're trying to go and then empowering those around us to get to that final location, mm -hmm. right? Actually providing the opportunities for others to grow. And this became a very real 
um, conversation for me recently with some people on my leadership team in one of my organizations where someone came to me with a problem and they said, you know, here's the problem that we're facing and here's the three options for you to choose from, which I appreciate, right? Like never come with a problem unless yes. you've got some solutions. Yes. Um, and, but all of these solutions directly affected their department and not my day to day. Um, so I kind of looked at them and said, so what, what decision are you going to make? Like I'm, I'm riveted. Like what happens next in this incredible <laughs> story? And they're like, well, you, you, next you make a decision. I said, no, ne next you make a decision, right? You're the one that's yeah. going to have to live with the results of this decision for the next five years. Like I, I want to put that power in your hands to make that decision. Now I still knew that all three of those options were headed in the strategic direction that we were looking for, but kind of took that one step back to empower them to make some decisions on how it is that we're going to go about getting to the navigational point that leadership is set. And I think it's a, it's kind of, it's a little weird, right? Like to find that balance, because I think as we were growing up, we talked about leadership is kind of like always leading the charge, but as we get a little older and more experienced, we realize it's about empowering other people to lead that charge. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, building stakeholders mm -hmm. in, in all of your decisions, that's how you really build leaders. It's not about me being a leader or you being a leader. It's about those leaders that we don't yet have, right? Because mm -hmm. there's no longevity to an organization if the leadership stops with you. You have to find those other people. And, um, you know, there are natural born leaders. And, mm -hmm. and those are the people you have to identify, right? You're, you're always going, you can always make people a stakeholder and always give them interest in their decisions. Mm -hmm but they may not want or they may not ever be in that leadership position. But what we have to do is offer, offer, you know, um, ownership across the board because then you'll identify your leaders and those natural born leaders, they'll rise up. I believe that mm -hmm. they will rise up. Um, and if you don't offer them skin in the game and decisions and, and like you said, putting it, putting it back on them in the sense that you're empowering them um, they may lead before you get to really um, use them to their full potential. So I think it's really important to give those people that opportunity to make those decisions, feel empowered, really start to feel like they belong to whatever group you're working in mm -hmm. um, so that they have longevity because you'll need them. I, I like what you said about everybody feeling heard, right? And enabling everybody within that space or, or under that jurisdiction of leadership to provide their thoughts and to be heard, right? Not just to allow them to speak in the room, but to hear what they have to say, to ask insightful questions based on the feedback that they're giving you, because there's nobody who knows how to do those jobs like the people that are doing them day to day. And I've found through the years that although I've done every single job in my organizations, uh, that doesn't mean that they're done the same way today that they were done five years ago when mm -hmm. we we're still managing those processes yeah. because we hope that our organizations continue to evolve, right? And as our organizations evolve, we want to make sure that we're, uh, we're learning those things as we go to and enabling those people that are in various positions throughout an organization to speak up, to be heard, to help drive, or at least to inform the leadership of uh, what their opinions of the strategic vision are. Now, we can't always, Absolutely. We can't always change, you know, in a second, but I, I think if you empower that conversation, it can take you a long way. 
Yeah, I think I, I got some really good, I'll call it feedback now. At the time, it, 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 hit, it hit home, but uh-huh. um, I had a manager who said, I know you're sitting here listening to what I'm saying, but are you hearing me, right? And it's that's a skill. Like mm-hmm. hearing what people are saying is hard. Um, I've listened to a lot of different um, workshops on communication and management. And one of the things that is a big challenge for me because I like to talk is waiting until the person has has made their point mm-hmm. before you respond. So not thinking about what your response is preemptively. That's that's hard to do. I also think that, you know, you you have with your maybe your mid-level and junior level um, volunteers or employees, they're on the front lines. Mm-hmm. So you as as executive management leadership, you can make all the decisions, policies, procedures, everything you want. But if you're not doing it every single day, you, you're just not going to have the knowledge. Did what you put in place work? That's why it's really important also to, mm-hmm. to listen to those people is that, to get their feedback. Um, and, you know, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe their ideas are not compliant or not efficient, right? But but at least get the feedback mm-hmm. and then work together to come up with solutions. I think that, you know, you said earlier, come with a solution. That is my biggest pet peeve. You come to me and complain about something all day. I, I'm glad to let you vent or whatever, but also please come with a solution. Let's mm-hmm. not just worry about the problem. Let's find a solution. And I think Again, those are, I think you're going to be your natural leaders that you can identify are people that want, here's my problem. Here are my, here are my ideas to, to change it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big leadership quality to look out for. Um, and, and a difference between leaders and maybe not leaders is um, they have solutions. They have ideas. They want mm-hmm. to make it better. So listen to those people. I don't think, you know, not listening, blowing them off is, is will be to your detriment. No, I, I, and having those open ears and enabling everybody to have that say, I think, is incredibly important. It puts our organizations in a position to where we can succeed. Um, I think it's uh, for, especially in the debt buying space, right? And as we look yeah. at receivables management, so many different people have come up through an organization um, mm-hmm. or have you know, left another organization and started their own. And now some of those organizations that were little startups back in 2010 are now the powerhouses of the receivables management space. And so I think that when we live in such a small world, a lot of um, examples are kind of drawn out in front of us. Um, and it's not always the the education or uh, the standard criteria that I think people measure leadership on outside of our space, but it really does come down to the actions that you choose to take and the way in which you interact with your teams and those people around you. Because I think this conversation goes beyond just leading within our own organizations, right? Because we get to that point where we we understand how our businesses function. We've brought in great people. We're leading that charge. But then we take one step out and we start participating with an association where leadership is quite different when you're dealing with a private organization versus an association. And I'll give one example to that point is, to me, leading my own organization is like driving a speedboat. I can turn left, I can turn right, I can do it in a split second, I can do donuts, I can do whatever I want. It's a private organization. 
But leadership on a grander scale or leadership within an association, right? We'll use RMAI as an example, is a little bit different because you're not leading your own organization with your own decisions. You're leading an organization based on the right. needs of the many, right? Yeah. And and that to me is a little bit more like driving a cruise ship, right? It's We all remember space balls, right? But preparing to fast forward, fast forwarding, <laughs> sir. Um, that's how you feel when you're moving in a larger, you know, association type environment, because there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of things to consider. There's a lot to be culled and analyzed prior to making those decisions. But I still think that the fundamentals remain the same. Leadership sets strategic vision and says, here's the navigator saying, we're trying to get to over here. And then you've got volunteers and staff and all of these other people involved to help you figure out how to get from point A to point B. Yeah, I think when you're talking about either, 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 internal leadership or grand, you know, more association leadership. Mm -hmm. um, it's about instilling, I think, ownership and pride in what you do. So when you're not making selfish decisions um, and, and people understand that, you know, from time to time, things will not go the way you want, but there's a broader, grander vision, just like you were saying. Um, one thing that is sometimes challenging at the association level is on the board of directors is taking a step back and thinking about you know what's best here for everyone mm -hmm. um, certainly there are decisions we could all make that benefit our companies or a small group of companies right but that's that's not how that kind of leadership works mm -hmm. that kind of leadership is looking at the whole industry, which is a challenging industry to be in. There's no secret there. Um, we are often targeted from all angles. Um, and so making decisions that maybe you just don't really like. I sit on state ledge, you know, and um, I know that a lot of times uh, bills get passed that just, man, that, that was another one. But I think behind the scenes, you know, RMA works really hard. Mm -hmm. at trying to get the most egregious things out. So maybe you look at a bill that got passed and you think, man, what have, what has RMAI done for me lately? Look at this. Right. But I think that it's important to understand that as leaders, we tried to get the worst out mm -hmm. um, and get the best possible deal we could. And that's not always easy as a national debt buyer um, to, to look at something where that would really hurt us as a company, it's going to be really expensive to implement compliance with that aspect. We should just, you know, fight these legislators because, I mean, we're not going to win that fight. And then you could end up with something worse, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it, it is challenging when you are leading in your own organization, right? I mean, I'm at a level where I could make a decision and then that's that and that's final. Um, you can't do that in association leadership. You, you make the wrong decision and you could make things worse for everyone. So the, it's different. You almost are, are, even though you're a leader, you almost have to take a step back and, and just understand you don't get to have the final cost. You're not necessarily going to get your way. Um, and that's tough. I think it's tough to advocate for others. Mm -hmm. um, that takes a lot of um, understanding and um, patience and conversations and understanding things. But yeah, that's a, that's a difficult part of, 
doing that association leadership. Agreed. I think it's, you know, when you're dealing with uh, leadership in your own organization, you tend to see the results and everybody sees the results of your work and all the work that you're putting in because it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more in-person and tight-knit. Whereas when you're, these battles that are are being fought by associations are not always as um, in the limelight, so to speak. And so I think it becomes this little bit of a, what have you done for me lately, which can be, you know, a, a, a personal challenge when you've got a lot of responsibilities on your back. And when you're fighting with everything that you have, right. Or you're putting all of your energy towards something, but it's not as visual of a, uh, a, a result as you have in other aspects of your life. But let me ask you this, Laura, right? As someone who has done all of the jobs in the organization and grown as an individual, you know, through the years, what advice would you have for someone in the industry that wants to be a leader in the future or develop their leadership skills? I think, and and really what, what helped propel me forward was Um, expressing that interest. I know, I think there's people out there who are intrigued by it and want to do it. Um, Don't be afraid to just reach, you could reach out to a board member. There's, there's peer groups. Um, The, there's the women's conference, I think is a great opportunity to to network um, from my perspective with other women that are in different roles and learn and ask questions. How do they get there? What's their story? Um, I think you will find there are so many unique stories in this industry of how people got to where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you, you'll see a few characteristics in common with everyone. I think um, people are, um, there's a lot of perseverance. There's a lot of hard times in this industry. You got to put up with a lot. Nobody, nobody that I personally know has had an easy path. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of hard work. So um, talking with somebody and understanding some of the challenges that they've navigated. Um, I think that's really helpful. Um, and in terms of association management, you can always reach out. I mean, anyone can reach out to me, any former board members, current board members. I know that everyone that's done it would be happy to talk with anybody about how to, how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, First thing to do if you're not doing it in any volunteer association is um, volunteer. I mean, no matter what nonprofit you're talking about, they all have volunteer opportunities and they can start to get plugged into different committees and and leadership opportunities and and move your way up. It doesn't happen overnight, um, but it's also not it's not hard to do. I mean, anybody who wants to do it can find a way to do it. I think our industry is one of the most open industries that I've ever experienced, right? Everybody is so open. They're giving, they're willing to to lend their assistance. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've called you and said, hey, I have a problem or I have a thought or I don't know how to address this. And there's everybody is having these really open conversations. It's one of the few, if not the only industry I've ever seen where you have all of these different organizations that may be competing with each other, but then are sharing leadership stories and helping each other to improve and to take things to the next level, which I think is really just is a incredible environment by which to develop leadership skills, by which to improve on ourselves over time um, and to kind of uh, attack things from that methodology. For me, uh, I find this to be a very open industry. Like there's a lot of opportunity to reach out to people and have those discussions. We all started somewhere. 
right? Mm -hmm. And just like the first podcast that I did was a lot worse than the ones that we're doing today, right? Like you just have to roll up your sleeves, start doing the work and good things will happen over time. Um, it's not a, there's, there's no major barrier to entry when it comes to leadership in our space. Uh, I, I agree. Every, there's an option. Yeah. I think um, I've never, I'm just trying to think, I mean, in 20 years I've had people be open with me to give advice or feedback or friendship um, I'm just trying to think back. I mean, when I was very first starting out, I had some, um, a lot of women that to look up to and talk to. And I've, I don't, I can't recall a time I've ever reached out to talk to someone and ask questions that I got in any sort of negative reaction. I, I agree with you. It's very open. You know, it's pretty small, really. I mean, it's everybody kind of knows each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really think it's, I agree with you. Everyone's always looking for and encouraging new leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's kind of um, these like generations that have gone through the industry and um, it's a little, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing the next, the next generation of leaders. Cause I know they're out there. I, I talk to people all the time that I think are, are going to continue to, um, you know, build their brand in the space and be leaders, thought leaders. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities to to, to mm -hmm. get exposure and become a leader. There's um, all the conferences we have are a lot of them are very open to um, proposals for presentations mm -hmm. for, for you to participate in and share your expertise. Right. We talked about earlier the people on the front line, like people have their areas of expertise. Mm -hmm. um, and even though it may be very repetitive, if you're on the front lines, like you know a lot of stuff that a lot of other people don't. Mm -hmm. And I think sharing that information, sharing ideas, best practices, um, there's always opportunity to do that and, and build yourself out. And then you get to know other people and other opportunities, right? So it just kind of builds on well, being in that right place at that right time, right, is always such a, an important factor. Being at the live events, like we'll be at the RMAI Summit um, here over the next few weeks yeah. in Monterey, California, you know, that's an opportunity for everyone to kind of come together and have those discussions. There'll also be announcements about the uh, baseball networking event in Denver, Colorado, coming up in September, right? There's all these different live events and opportunities there. Um, and I know you'd mentioned speaking engagements. People can also submit speaking opportunities or uh, speaking proposals for the RMAI annual conference taking place in February 2024. I believe those are due uh, the first week of August. Um, so there is an opportunity right here, right now for people to get involved, to get themselves noticed and to get out there on the industry-wide stage. But Laura, I really appreciate you coming on. I always enjoy these little conversations that we've been having on the sidelines for years. It's fun to do one on camera as well. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I really this I really enjoyed this one. This is a good one. I think this was fun. For those of you that are watching, yeah. if you have additional questions that you'd like to ask Laura or myself, you can leave those in the comments on LinkedIn and YouTube and we'll be responding to those. If you have additional topics that you like to see us cover, you can leave those in the comments as well. And I'm sure I can get Laura to come back here at least one more time to help me creating great content for a great industry. Um, but until next time, I look forward to seeing a lot of you at the RMAI Summit coming up here in the next few weeks. And Laura, I look forward to seeing you there as well. 
Me too. And don't forget to go ahead and bid on the uh, legislative fundraising auction because we can always use uh, support in our advocacy efforts. My pitch. There's my board pitch. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you again soon.